I am thrilled to announce that An Actor Despairs is partnering with a wonderful CBD company called Kind Farms. Everyone out there has heard of CBD. I started taking it a few years ago when I first started getting sober and to help with my anxiety. Sadly, as one can do, I was overtraining in the gym, and a friend recommended a topical and a tincture to help with the pain. I tried it. It was okay. However, recently, I was introduced to a product that has really changed my life. Not only has it helped me with anxiety, but I am stronger than I have ever been. I'm able to carry out lifts my body used to prevent me from doing. Kind Farm products have single-handedly changed my life athletically and personally. They utilize 100% local licensed farmers, organic cultivation, and CO2 extraction for superior CBD. Kind Farms is turning CBD to a kind alternative to pharmaceuticals. Let's transform tobacco row into hemp row. If you want to get involved, please reach out. Together, we can make a difference. You can use my code RYAN10 for 10% off. You can find them on Instagram at Kind Farms Inc., all one word. That's K I N D P H A R M S I N C. And their website is kindfarmsinc.com. Once again, my code for 10% off is Ryan10. And now, let's get started with today's show. Welcome to An Actor Despairs. I'm your host, Ryan Perez. Today on An Actor Despairs, we're sticking with the trend of getting some amazing Irish actors. We have Fionn O'Shea and Lola Pettigrew, who are here to talk about their Amazon original film, Dating Amber. This film is something that really moved me. It's been a really heavy week in New York City and all around the world. And I think movies like this are what we need right now. And it's a time for healing. It's a time for reckoning. And it's a time for being yourself. And I'm so grateful these outstanding actors came on and really let open to their journey and how it all happened for them and just the obstacles they had to surmount to get to where they are. They deserve everything. They're great actors, and I am so excited. Here it is. Fiona O'Shea and Lola Pettigrew, uh, welcome to An Actor Despairs. How are you guys doing? Thank really you for cool. having yeah, us. Thank yeah, you so much did. for having us. <laughs> oh, man, I'm like, God, I uh, what you did with, like, dating Amber, I... I, you know, I, I saw normal people and we just kind of spoke about that and you were amazing as Jamie. And it's interesting because in America, when those kind of films like, you know, teen angst or love, they, I, th- I think I can say this just honestly, like I think kind of American cinema is not at a great point. And a lot of those films that like if normal people or dating ever was made in America, I think it would inadvertently become a parody of itself. And, and like, I'm just blown away by the Irish talent. I'm, I'm an actor and I'm like, I'm, I got to move to Ireland. You know, this is going to be the <laughs> like, fuck the U.S., man. It's nothing but dark times here. So, um, but you guys are doing good. How are you? Yeah, we're good. We uh, are like everyone else are in isolation at the moment. And um, we uh, kind of luckily we're isolating together. Yeah. Uh, but uh, but yeah, nice. we back, yeah, we came back from London. So we were in London, um, and then just before everything went into lockdown, we came back to Ireland just to be a little bit closer to um, both of our families because I guess a car journey away is a little bit easier than a, a plane journey away. Yeah. Well, where, where in Ireland are you guys? So we're in uh, British Bay in County Wicklow. So it's just uh, about 40 minutes outside of Dublin. Okay, that's amazing. And then did you grow up in Dublin or both of you or...? Yeah, well, not a lot of grew up in Belfast. I grew up in in Dublin. Yeah, right in the in the city centre, pretty much. Wow. And did you guys know each other before the project? No, I mean we we met in the chemistry reads, which is is really funny. Um, we sort of read with a combination of different people, and we sort of felt at the time that we had very good chemistry. And I mean, we spent an hour outside chatting after the audition, and sort of just hit it off immediately, and and became really close friends. That's amazing. And then just kind of, uh, you know, 
for the audience, if, if we could kind of start at the beginning, can you guys kind of just tell me a little bit about your upbringing and, and how the acting thing happened for you? Yeah, so I, I started acting really young. So I started acting when I was 11. Um, my sister was going to a dance and drama class on like a Saturday morning. And I was obsessed with her, uh, I guess. And uh, anything she did, I wanted to do. Uh, like to the point of like when she got like a baby doll, like an American girl type doll for Christmas, I was like, okay, well, I'm getting one. Uh, and yeah. uh, anything she did, I wanted to do. So she was going to this class and I went and I uh, they sent everyone for um, open casting. So any open casting that was happening, all the kids would, would get sent. And I went and it was one of the worst auditions of my life. Uh, <laughs> oh, uh, man. Which and that's saying something because there are some shockers. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so so it was one of the worst. And then they were obviously looking for someone uh, with no talent because they cast me in it. Uh, <laughs> and um, and then I uh, yeah, and I did this short film called New Boy, which subsequently got nominated for an Academy Award, which was insane. And I had no wow. yeah, I had no concept of that at the time though. And that meant- wait, if you don't mind, like how old were you when this happened? I was 11. I was 11 on the half. Oh, so you got proper started young. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. And I imagine that helped you get like an agent manager and, and start the, the political yeah. side of things. Yeah, absolutely. So so I was kind of working throughout my childhood and I was kind of in and out of school all the time and um, doing uh, different kind of film and TV jobs. And then when I left uh, high school, I went um, to uh, university and... Uh, studied a business course for three months and then dropped out and uh, never looked back. Ah, wow. That's amazing. And then I'm curious, you know, Lola, can you give a little bit of of context about your experience? Yeah. I mean, I I always loved acting from I was was really young um, and I always really wanted to do it. Um, I did sort of like drama classes when I was younger. And then as I got into my teenage years, you know, I had to get a part-time job and that sort of just you know, went to the back because I had to make money. Um, and I wanted to apply for drama school, but um, I suppose I was kind of afraid of rejection and I just didn't think that it would happen for somebody like me. And and I freaked out and I didn't apply. But my friend, um, Anthony Boy, um, who is also an actor, he went to the Royal Welsh College of Music and Drama and he rang me one day and was like, um, you know, have you applied? When's your audition? Yeah. And I said, I'm not auditioning. I didn't apply and cried my eyes out. And he was like, you're making a huge mistake. So he went, went and spoke to the head of acting and just said, look, there's this girl from back home and I really think you should give her a try. So they let me go to the auditions and, and I got in and that was it. Wow. And and for the audience listening, I just like, you know, as an American, I, I think we all can acknowledge it. British and Irish actors are just so superior. You know what I mean? It's like, no wonder you guys are coming oh, up and taking our work. You know, it's like, you guys are closer to the Elizabethan roots and things like that. But, you know, for the actors listening, could you maybe give a little bit of insight into your training? Because like, in America, you know, it's like monologue scene study and like Shakespeare is an elective, you know, is, is Elizabethan thing that's a very much part of your training, like doing the classics and iambic and so forth? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, we do a little bit of it in, in first year and then we have like an entire term sort of dedicated to it in second year. And then in third year, we do, everybody takes part in a, in a show. You do five shows back to back. And one of them is, um, is a Shakespeare um, and we, we did lots of things. We spent a lot of time doing improvisation. Um, I think we spent the first two weeks of, of drama school in complete silence doing silent improvisations, which was really odd. But we had like a massive mix of things and, uh, you know, industry professionals come in. And I think the really great thing about where I trained was they didn't want to prepackage a lot of actors that were the same. Mm. They're massive um I suppose sort of idea was that they wanted to brand the you-ness of you. So the thing that made you different, the thing that you were bringing that nobody else could bring to the table, mm. they really honed in on that, um, which was amazing because sometimes I think drama schools can sort of knock that all out of you a bit and, and make you a bit less interesting and sort of yeah. packaged actor that... 
they can make you hate it sort of, you know, sometimes. Yeah. yeah, totally. And do you guys think it was imperative now looking back, you know, I know it hindsight's 2020, but are you glad that you did the drama school route? I, I mean, I couldn't recommend it enough. I think that I needed to do it. Mm. I definitely wanted to train. I think it gave me a massive toolbox of things. And I think it also gave me the confidence going into rooms to feel like I belong there. Yeah. Because sometimes if you walk into an audition room, it can be overwhelming or a workroom. Mm. And I think that that was sort of like, you know, no, I've spent three years sort of working on my craft and I deserve to be here as much as anyone else. But I know amazing actors that didn't train. I don't think it's for everyone. Um, but it was definitely yeah. for me. I, th- I think that's it. I think it's a very personal thing. And I think that on... I think one thing that's really interesting is on, on any film set, it's kind of a 50-50 split of actors who trained and actors who didn't. Lola trained and, and I didn't. Uh, Paul trained and Daisy didn't. I think it's it's usually a pretty even split, which is yeah. actually really interesting. Yeah. And you kind of, I mean, obviously, I feel like your training, though, was like you started working and, and that was your film school. You know, I, I spoke about that with Paul, so to right. speak. You know what I mean? Like getting the chance to work is is in some ways your drama school, you know? Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I think that like particularly, you know, one thing that actually never changed from when I was really young to now is that you learn so much on every film set and yeah. you just can't learn enough and, and you just have to treat yourself like a sponge just sponging all the information up like not a not a day goes by on a set where I don't learn something which is is really exciting totally and and being Irish you know who were some of the people that like you know obviously like I love Killian Murphy you know and like Brennan Gleeson and his son's doing really well but as you guys were younger were there certain careers that you're like I'm trying to kind of do that like maybe Irish or British you know people that you really looked up to Killian Murphy was was one absolutely who yeah looked up to um, Andrew Scott as well who I was lucky enough to, to and he, I saw with. that oh my god yeah. you guys yeah. looked like you were like best friends too <laughs> yeah he's, I know, amazing. Like, he's, he's, he's so uh, good dude <laughs> he's so incredible and he's so generous both generous as an actor and also as a human being he's um, yeah, he's the best. I couldn't uh, speak more highly of him. But they, they were definitely two people. Also, Michael Shannon is someone whose yeah. career I look at and I'm just in awe. Yeah. Like, he's uh, incredible. Yeah, it's so true. And then I, I you know, just to kind of go back because I, I don't want to skip over it. How were your parents receptive to this? Because, you know, it goes one of two ways. They love it and they're like, go for it. Or they're like, yeah, be a doctor and maybe do this if, if he, you know, it's like a pottery right. habit. <laughs> yeah, I think, do you know what? My parents were always so supportive of, of anything I did. And also they sent me to the drama class, so it is their fault. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I think that like, they, they were always so supportive. And when I came to them and said that I was leaving college, they were so supportive of that. I think for them, a big moment was... They supported it a lot as a kid, but I think when they saw me um, in Handsome Devil was probably the thing that they saw me in. That's the Andrew Scott one, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, I suppose that was the transition from them seeing me as doing it as a kid and kind of semi-professionally to doing it as an adult and and doing it professionally. So I think that was a big moment for them um, as well. Also, I was lucky enough when I dropped out of college, I dropped out because I was working on something. So it wasn't as maybe dramatic as it seems. I, I wasn't just saying to them I was dropping out. I had something I was going to. So it, it was a really easy thing to do, actually. Oh, that's so beautiful. And and what did the Irish filmscape look like? You know, I mean, I know now in the last 10 years, we've had like Game of Thrones and so many things shoot there. But as you guys were coming up, were, was there a lot of Irish productions? Or because, you know, the UK is just, you know, a swim away... Do you guys audition for a lot of projects there? Yeah, it's kind of a mix of everything. I mean, I I don't think I I thought about the industry much in that way. For me, I mean, I thought I was leaving drama school to do a lot of theatre. I just thought that that's what was going to happen. I just, not that I didn't, I really wanted to do film and TV. I just Theatre being in the West End or in Ireland? Just anywhere. Yeah. I would just be happy with the job, um, to be a job and actor. And and so I kind of didn't really think of it in that way. I just didn't think that I think it maybe it was a confidence thing that I that I wouldn't get the jobs and it sort of turned the other way. I've done a lot more film and TV than theatre, mm. but 
I mean, I was I was just looking to get a job. Um, yeah. And then, you know, when I did start working, I was very lucky enough to come out at a time when the industry in Ireland started booming. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a weird thing to sort of reflect on now that we have this sort of time to sit back and yeah. look at everything that's happening. And it's incredible because if this is what is sort of happening now, it just seems like there's such a bright future. Totally. And then as you guys start to build credits, is there like, you know, for example, like say, I don't want this probably metaphor doesn't work, but say like, I don't know if you know the States well, but like say uh, London is New York and Ireland is Washington, D.C. At some point, do you have to decide like, okay, I need to move to London to get in bigger rooms and get seen by bigger casting directors and bigger projects? Well, or- I, I think, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Could I, uh, could I no, 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 no. Go for it, man. Oh, what, what, I, what I was going to say was I think that one thing that's completely changed that is self-taping yeah. and, and technology. Yeah. You know, there's a time where, like, I remember hearing a talk that – I can't remember. I can't remember who's doing the talk. They talked about Liam Neeson and Gabriel Byrne and how when they were um, coming up, that they had to go to LA. That just wasn't. That just wasn't an option. It was like if yeah. you want to go further, you have to go to LA. Now um, I can record something on my phone and it can be in LA in five minutes, which is incredible. So, um, so it's made it so much easier mm-hmm. to be seen all around the world. Also, London's only a 45-minute flight. So uh, whenever you need to actually go there, it's it's really... You easy. go up and you go down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 They literally are, like, bringing through the food. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I know, but... Uh, and but, it's relatively cheap as well, which, yeah. you know, it makes it all the more accessible. I think that, you know... Living in London is expensive and stuff, and we spent quite a lot of time there this year before this all happened. Yeah, but, um, is, it, is that where you guys filmed Dating Amber? Or no, that was that was Ireland. It was funny. I just moved over to London, and then as soon as I moved, I moved back to Ireland because we like, always doing Dating Amber, and normal people were back <laughs> in Ireland. So as soon as I moved, oh wow! So, so like your like description of like the flight going up and down, I was literally, literally. as soon as I landed, I was like. Back to Ireland. Getting a new boarding pass. <laughs> 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 so wait, did, you shot Dating Amber before Normal People? Yeah, so I think I finished Dating Amber on a Friday and started Normal People on the Tuesday. Wow. Yeah. Actor's yeah. dream. <laughs> One yeah, job exactly. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> when, what were some of the earlier projects for you, Lola, that like, you know, what what were things for you that really kind of helped get you to the next level? To dating, you know, a project like this or, you know, yeah. some of the... Uh... So when I left, um, I was lucky enough to leave drama school with a, a really good agent. And um, that summer, as I left, I got cast in a, a BBC One drama uh, with Christopher Eccleston, which was really cool. And I, I'd never been on a, you know, a set before. And and it was it was a really lovely character and it did quite well and then after that I moved to Dublin for a play in the Abbey which is our national theatre and I stayed because I loved it and then I shot a feature film which actually isn't out yet um which is funny because it's the first feature I ever shot can you, um, can that- you tell tell viewers what it will be uh yeah it's a it's a film called Here the Young Men um starring Anya Taylor-Joy um Finn Cole and Dean Charles Chapman. Oh, I love um, Finn Cole. He's cool, isn't he? He's a really lovely guy as well. Yeah. Crush, him and his brother, they're just like fucking slaying oh, it. Yeah. Yeah. They're incredible. But we shot a, a lovely feature there in, in, in Dublin, which will be out next year. And they're all incredible in it. Um, and then after that, I shot an Irish film called A Bump Along the Way, which was very successful here. And I sort of got like an award from that, which sort of meant that people in the industry were talking a lot. Um, and then I did another show in the National Theatre. And then I did Date Number. Wow, that's beautiful. And we're going to get into that final few questions before we segue. You know, I feel like in America, American actors are so consumed with making in Hollywood. And then, like, actor-actors want to make it in the UK so they can do West End, or maybe if they're lucky, but they don't really cast... BBC doesn't really cast Americans unless you're like a huge star. Yeah. When you guys started working, was the America thought like, how can I get there a concern or not really? Well, I I think that like, 
I, I think particularly because because I started so young, I don't think I was thinking anything. I think there was yeah. like very little going through my head. Uh, I was thinking about what I was going to have for dinner that night, and that was <laughs> the height. Of it. But, uh, I think that like I think that I um I think that I yeah I, America was something that like like my first time being in LA was quite uh, it was quite a natural thing because I was at TIFF with. I was at a TIFF with a film and then it's such an Irish thing that we're like, oh, we're on this side of the world. Let's go to LA, even though they're so far yeah. away. <laughs> yeah. like, you might like, as well. <laughs> you're, on the, you're on the <laughs> island. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> that was good. That was yeah. it. I was and even like, even the like flight, like I got on the flight and uh, it was from TIFF and Steven Tyler was sitting next to me and I was like, oh, well, I guess this is my life now, <laughs> which is so <laughs> nice. <laughs> But, um, but but yeah, so so LA was something that kind of I suppose happened very naturally, and it wasn't something that was really uh, in my head because I think my version of LA before I actually got there was a version that I was seeing in like Entourage or like shows. Oh uh, God, yeah, like, like that. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so I think that like it just happened really naturally, and also I think for both of us all that was going through our heads really was to work on stories that we really cared about uh, with yeah. characters that we felt passionately about no matter where that is in the world that's yeah. kind of was and the I focus. think we both have like such an affinity for independent film um, yeah we love working on it we love the sets we love everything about it and the stories and you know you get to take risks that you mm. might not get to take um and so I don't think that was something that was ever at the forefront of my mind I was just kind of looking just looking for the next interesting job. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I know what that's like. Well, uh, man, so obviously, like, dude, normal people, you have this show. I know what it's like as I mainly go out for villains. But I also know what it's like when you're not, like, you know, Daisy and Paul, that was, like, you know, very much their thing. But, yeah. dude, you you were incredible in that. And oh, thank you. Oh, thank it, you very much. And, 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 and it's so hard to to do the villain thing and make it a 360 degree character, not just like, you know, play the, the dark thing. And man, it, your, your character really moved me. And I thought, you know, even though I felt for him, you know, cause I think we've all kind of been in those ruts and then it was just so amazing to me, both of you, we're going to get into you, Lola. Don't worry. I'm coming for you. <laughs> I'm but, always ready and willing to like, just talk Fiona. Don't worry. <laughs> I, I was, I was talking to your, to, to your publicist. And then when I saw dating Amber, I was like, this motherfucker's a character actor. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, of course the Irish and the fucking British are just crushing the game. Cause like, you know, I talk about this a lot and you both are great actors. And in America, you know, for whatever reason, for commerce, for the movie star thing, you know, there's a lot of just good actors that make a living at playing a personality and do the same thing 1,200 times and people go to see it. But, like, yeah. you know, you guys are real actors. You're great actors. And seeing this film, I really mean it with sincerity and I'll be so truthful with, like, both normal people in this film. When I see it on paper and the plot, I'm like... That's probably not for me. But then when I watched it, I was like, everything was perfect. You know, like I, the cinematography, the acting, the chemistry between you two, and just you know, it, 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 the LGBTQ thing is something that I think, in kind of a disgusting way, American Hollywood is trying to profit off it, and yeah. that loses the 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 truth of what it's like to struggle. Yeah, yeah. yeah and. I thought this was just like the best film I ever seen that has handled that. And oh, wow. yeah, man, I, I really mean that. Like it, it, it uh, the reason I'll, I'll say this is like, I'm a straight man, but uh, I'm a drug addict and alcoholic and I'm four years sober. And I know what it's like to live in a closet of addiction. And I relate to that in the gay, you know, perspective of being in a closet about yeah. just kind of like, you know, but you know what I mean? You're kind of repressing it. But I, ju I just related to the characters so much when you're just, you know, you guys are just, the characters are fighting to be who they are. So yeah. can you talk to me about how the script came your guys' way? Um, so we both got the script through our agents. And, and I think immediately we both 
had such an affinity for it. Um, read the script, laughed out loud on the sofa, mm-hmm. cried out loud on the sofa. And I remember ringing my agent being like, God, I really, you know, I need to do this. And then, like you say, the problem is you have to convince a whole team of people that I know. Um, so we went through the usual process of a self-tape and then another edition, and then we did mm. the chemistry reads uh, where we met Dave, our director. And we always say it felt like it really, truly was lightning in a bottle that the three of us met. Um, we love Dave so much, not just as a director, but as a pal. Yeah. It was uh, it was your Marianne and Connell. You guys had yeah. it. Just- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's, we talk about the concept a lot, you know, in the film of platonic soulmates and I think that in a life imitating art kind of way me and Fionn found that in each other Mm. um and so to do it both on screen and feel like that was happening off screen was just absolutely incredible I mean I say it sincerely and have said it since the day we wrapped that Fionn is completely and utterly my soulmate but in an absolutely platonic sense um and I've never I think Fionn's the love of my life (laughs) but um and and that's sort of something that Eddie and Amber are for each other as well. Yeah, yeah. And I, I love that final moment in the film where you tell them, you know, like, I'm so glad I dated you. It just tear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, should also, I should also say that I feel the same about Lola because I, I don't really, I totally Well, I, I'm actually ordained, so if you guys want to get married live on the show. <laughs> <laughs> I but, think we're all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've probably been quarantined for too long. You need a break. <laughs> but I'm so curious, you know, was the film that I saw, Do you did you guys see that in the writing? Yeah, I think so. And I think, there's, I think that it was, like Lola said, it was like, you know, a lot of the time you'll read something and be like, I, I really want to do this. And sometimes you feel like I need to do this. And, and it really was that. I completely fell in love with, the script and then when we got on set it was every member of production yeah. bringing their love for the script to yeah. it it just like it with the production design and the cinematography and the costumes and everything like we were just constantly pinching ourselves at every aspect but because we were attached quite early to it so we um were attached in december and filmed it in july of last year so okay. um, so we had like we kind of saw all the bits of it coming together yeah. and all the different bits of casting come together, which was, um, and it was incredibly more collaborative than we even imagined it was yeah. going to be. Dave was so incredibly open. I mean, he wrote it as well and, and he wasn't sort of married to anything and he liked the idea of playing around with things. And, and so we were able to bring so much of ourselves and we went back and forth with Pinterest boards and we talked about soundtrack so we picked a few songs that were in the soundtrack and stuff, yeah. um, with costumes. Like it was such a truly collaborative experience. Yeah. We were just blown away at every point. We couldn't believe it. And so I think that that, you know, I think it shows um, me, you and Dave are so close and we're all very similar people. Yeah. And I think that um, it truly was like lightning in a bottle. Yeah, it, it really was. And, and I think that uh, we were like, you know, yourself, it's so rare you get rehearsal time. Yeah. Um, and uh, we were so lucky to have that rehearsal time and to be able to bring so much of our own friendship to those characters. And we just all had absolute trust in, in one another. And, yeah. and I think that's something that is so important to, to filmmaking. She's so comfortable. General. Yeah. Like we just, we, we never, there was never um, a fear of going somewhere. There was never a fear of putting something out or, or taking something you know, yeah. it was all well and good when we were running about, having the crack, enjoying ourselves. Mm. But there were hard days as well. And it was knowing that you had somebody right beside you that knew your rhythms and would know exactly what you need. Yeah, It was, you know, mm. it was ridiculously amazing. Mm-hmm. Bringing it back to what I said earlier, um, you know, I think the part of the reason a lot of these films don't work in America is that you know, these studios that they settle for stereotypes and it ends up kind of mocking gay culture in a way. And this film was not at all. These were three dimensional characters who were just fighting to be who they knew they are. And I'm curious, you know, how do you, how do you develop a character like that without, I don't know how else to put it, just without going for the obvious cliches. You know what I mean? Like, 
Well, I think that's one thing that like, well, first of all, it's worth saying that it was all on the page from the very beginning. Those characters really were like that on the page. And and that's where the rehearsal time was so invaluable, in, invaluable to be able to to do that and not um, to be going in on day one with a load of questions, but to be going in on day one feeling just so comfortable. But we also yeah. said openly, and we talked about it openly in the rehearsals, that we we didn't want to make these people caricature, caricatures, mm. you know. Um, I think Dave had a really funny moment where he said, costume, no plaid shirts for <laughs> Amber. Um, because, you know, it, it just, it, it wouldn't work. We didn't, we want people to see it in a different light. It, it's, the, it's why the story is framed as a comedy. Because typically in queer film, it gets ghettoized into genre mm. and it is it portrays a tragic experience. And that is so important. It's so important that we tell those stories. But queer people also deserve to see their lives framed with hope and comedy. They deserve yeah. to know that there's light at the end of the tunnel and a community of people that are willing to accept them for who they are. So I think that that's what we wanted to do with this is yeah. make sure that we showed the whole experience. Did, did you guys have like, you know, queer friends that you met up with and kind of asked for some advice or did you have an acting coach? Like, I'm so curious about your process. Well, I think, I think it's interesting. I think an acting coach is something that it, it doesn't happen as much in Ireland and no. the UK. It's that's, oh, really, yeah. I think that's yeah. something, um, un, uh, unless it's uh, maybe a very uh, famous actor who's mm-hmm. bringing an acting coach uh, with them. But um, so that's not, yeah, usually something. I think this, um, again, like like I, I, I know I kind of, I'm like a broken record saying it, but Dave and the rehearsal room is where all of that stuff was so, mm-hmm. so key. And for Dave, it's semi-autobiographical and, and semi-wish fulfillment. So um, wow. he, he talks about that, like all the painfully embarrassing moments are the things that absolutely happened to uh, to him. But, um, but yeah, it was really like Dave was so um, generous uh, with everything that he always uh, would talk about. Mm-hmm. And, and did you guys, you know, I imagine, you know, obviously you get the, the set schedule of what you're shooting the next day. Would you two kind of rehearse or, you know, before the, the day of the shoot of like the, you know, say it was the big scene, the fight or, you know, the when you go to the gay bar and you have that wonderful experience with the, the drag queen who comforts you and you find your beautiful girlfriend, um, yeah. you know, I'm like, uh, uh was that rehearsed at all or did you do you guys like to let the magic happen on the day of and trust the process yeah I think I think we we're more fans of that I mean we rehearsed Mm. a lot of the comedy stuff with Dave but not to its death we just tried a lot of different things yeah and then on the day we just kind of found what happened organically there was a lot of room for improvisation um a lot of it was actually improvised and with the more emotional scenes we didn't really touch them at all we wanted to just sort of you know let it come out in the day. Um, yeah. I think there was there was a danger of trying to overdo them, killing the horse, and then riding the dead horse, yeah. which we just didn't want to do. Wow. Yeah. And and I'm curious. You just brought up something that I wanted to ask, like balancing the the comedy and the drama. You know, those are those are two things really hard to kind of buoy at the same time. Mm-hmm. How how were you guys able to do that? Because like that's a that's a hard thing to do man yeah well it's it's interesting because not only is it comedy drama it's like those scenes you film everything out of sequence so you can be really jumping between all of those things in one in one day so you know you might be doing the funniest scene in the film and then the most heartbreaking scene in the film back to back and I think that for us it was like we tried to particularly with I think one thing that was great was that the crew were so brilliant at giving us space and and we were also good at giving each other space when mm-hmm. when needs be. So with the comedic stuff, we'd be able to play around and have fun with that stuff. And uh, then with the more emotional stuff, we were able to separate ourselves a little bit on set and not not have to, uh, you know, everything doesn't have to be lighthearted on, mm-hmm. on a set, of course. So um, yeah, it, it actually came very naturally. Yeah, I think yeah. like that. That's like that. That scene, the last scene in the film that we, we were talking about earlier, like that was probably the most distant we were because yeah. it was just it just wouldn't have been conducive to doing it right yeah. had we been 
uh, together. The, the scene where she comes with the box. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah great. Um, also love the scene where you throw the rock at him while he's biking, and you're like, <laughs> I love pussy, you love dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite scenes in the movie. I wasn't sure if it was, it was just so well done. But uh, I'm curious, you know, obviously I, I, I love the chemistry between you two on screen and off. Is that something that you think you guys built a friendship before you started filming or as the film went on, it only enhanced and enhanced and. Yeah. I mean, when we met, we knew that we really liked each other straight away. Um, We were doing the rehearsals and actually I messaged Phil one day and asked him to come for a drink. And I was like, Oh, God, why have you done that? He's, he doesn't even want to go out with you. What are you doing? <laughs> and my mother was on the other end of the phone like, oh, she's so cool. She asked you for a drink. Why didn't you think of that? Oh, no, I why was, didn't you think I of that? Literally, I got this text and I was like, oh, you fucking loser. I was like, why didn't you just say, I was like, that's such a cool thing to do. Uh, yeah, it was funny how we both, but it, 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 we're looking back at those texts as well. I don't think we've spent a day no. uh, not in contact. I mean, every day we finished shooting, um, mm. Fionn would come back to my apartment and we'd hang out. And on the weekends, when we finished filming, we'd go and have a drink and sort of sit in my apartment and play some music and chat. Yeah. And I actually think that, I think the longest we've spent apart since was we were both on different projects. And usually if we were working on something, we'd still be able to see each other but we were both working at the same time for three weeks. And I think that's the longest we've been without seeing each other. Wow. And yeah. I'm so curious because I, I wasn't this film affected by COVID. There was different plans for it. Yeah. Like it, it was going to go, was it theatrical or? Yeah. Well, I, I think it, it's funny because that's a conversation that we're so left out of yeah. until like uh. Uh, second so I, I guess we don't know exactly what the plans were but I know that when we uh, heard festival. that it was yeah I, I think that was it it would have gone to a festival and uh, done a bit more traditional route for yeah. uh, an independent film but uh, we were over the moon when we heard that Amazon were making it a, a prime original we were so over the moon yeah um, we couldn't believe it and we were- you- Stre- streaming's the only thing not hurting right now during this so yeah. Right. Dating Amber, people must watch it. Um, yeah. So now I'd, I'd like to talk to you guys about what's next for you. You know, I know you have the Russo brothers and you, have, I saw I have like four things in the can. Yeah. And so talk, what's up? What's going on? With the yeah. <laughs> L- Lola has a scroll of upcoming projects. That she has. <laughs> yeah, so so Cherry is a, a film by Joan Anthony Russo and it's starring Tom Holland and it's a wild, kinetic, coming-of-age story. It's not, it, just so the audience, it's not like a Marvel-type it's no, like a, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, it, it's it's uh, a lot of actually a lot of the same team. Uh, uh, Joe and Anthony work with a lot of the same team, and obviously Tom uh, too. But um, but no, it's it's separate from that, and um, and it's about a disenfranchised teen who uh, serves in Iraq um, and then forms PTSD and then an opioid addiction and starts robbing banks in order to fuel the opioid addiction. Wow. And that's Tom, or that's you? That's that's Tom. And, oh, okay. And on a true story, uh, uh, there's a book by uh, Nico Walker of the same name, and that's what it's based on. Oh, wow! I have to check that out. Mm-hmm. And Lola, yeah. what, what do you have coming up? Um, so this autumn, I have um, a BBC One drama called Bloodlands coming out, which is sort okay. of um, like a detective sort of drama, and it's actually set in Belfast, where I'm from, which was really cool because I got to shoot at home for a bit. Um, and then Here Are the Young Men comes out at the beginning of next year, and then I have another feature film called Shadows coming out, but we're not really sure because of COVID. Yeah. So with that yet. And then I know things are kind of starting to open up in Europe a little bit sooner than they are here. Is production picking, like, are you guys getting auditions again, or...? Yeah, I think we're both hoping to um, to film in and around August. Yeah. Whether or not that happens uh, would be another thing. So there's there's kind of different uh, procedures being put in place, like yeah. regular testing and trying to isolate everyone in the same uh, location where you're yeah. filming and, and things like that. So I think it's going to be a very different style of, of filmmaking, but... Um, yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to to getting to getting back, back on back yeah. on set. Yeah. 
Well, I, I, I don't take this lightly when I say this. It was such magnificent acting, and I there's so many actors that I need to just be like, you need to watch this movie because this is how it's done. And oh, you, thank you, so you, much. your guys' careers are just like, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be rooting for you every step of the way. And oh, one day we'll you. all work together and I'll quarantine yes. you. Too. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd like to, you know, kind of talk a little bit about just for some of the other actors that. You know, it's been it's been a heavy time for the world right now, and it's yeah. hard not to to feel it palpably. And I think a lot of actors are, are really worried about, you know, particularly in America, when it's ever going to come back. Any words yeah. of advice that you would have for you know the next generation of, you know, the the eleven year old who's doing a short film right now, and you know, the girl is crushing it and getting yeah. chemistry reads like what. What you know? What do you what do you think about for people that don't have agents or managers? And he, I know I'm sorry. I know that's a really loaded question, but <laughs> yeah. I think when I was younger, I just needed to be told to get my head out of the future. Um, it takes care of itself, and I think you know living in the future is just living in a constant state of anxiety, which I was for a, a very very long time. I struggled with that. Um, and it's just to sort of keep your head out of the future and just take it step by step. Step, You know, everybody starts in the same boat. Mm-hmm. And that's just what you have to think of. Everybody starts in the same position and you can only do what you can do at the time. And it's it's baby steps. I think sometimes we're fed this, this mad idea of an overnight success. And actually, an overnight success takes 10 years to yeah. build. Yeah, it's an overnight success. It doesn't work like that, and if it does, it's very, very rare. Yeah, yeah. or it's nepotism. But it is. It takes it takes a very, very long time to cultivate a career that makes you an overnight success. Mm. So, I think that that is a, a very difficult thing that we sometimes feed actors that you're waiting on your big break. And I think if you don't think of anything as your big break, it's just another step on the ladder to get where you need to go. Yeah. And and every sort of job that you get is a break that leads you to the next break. It's not your big break. It's it's just another step. Yeah, yeah I, that's incredibly hard advice to follow. Uh, but I'll try. <laughs> uh, that, uh, I think... I think that actually, and it's it's going off that, is that you are what makes you special and there's only one of you. Um, so don't try and be like anyone else. No. And and I think that that can be particularly hard when um, if you're auditioning and maybe you're not getting as far as you hope to get or maybe you're um, falling at the first or the final hurdle. It's very easy to question what what you're doing. And I think it's important to know that auditions aren't it's not a competition of who's the best actor it's it's who's the best actor for this very specific job yeah, yeah. and uh what's for you won't pass you and um you know what did that thing that you thought was the perfect thing for you just wasn't for you and something else will be i broke my heart so many times over not getting something thinking you yeah. know it's the end of the world and then another job comes along and i'm like wow if i had done that other thing i couldn't have done this and, and, you know, for every yes that I've got, I've got a thousand no's mm. that I thought were the end of the world and sat and yeah. cried on the sofa. Mm. But um, you just have to remember that that's it. It's just the next thing. Yeah. So beautifully put. And I'm also curious to ask, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm talking shit about America. Maybe I'm just so upset <laughs> with it. But, like, <laughs> you know, I, I'm an actor in America, and I have a lot of friends that are great of varying degrees of, of success. But I think a lot of people that I have seen that are both friends and enemies that get success yeah. early become just really awful people. And I love your guys' energy and how buoyed and grounded you are. How have you been able to maintain that through, you know, I, you're just you're you're what's it called ascension <laughs> i think particularly in ireland uh there's no risk of getting a big head because you'll be brought back down to earth very quickly. <laughs> so, i don't think that's too much of it i go to my mommy's and as soon as i get through the door i don't even have to be told i know i'm filling the dishwasher yeah. like, there's not a question <laughs> yeah i think yeah i think this um well i, I think it's just I think it's that. I think it's surrounding yourself with people who um, 
who 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 aren't aren't going to treat you any differently. And also well. work ethic. I think if you yeah. see it as anything other than than work, um, you can sort of get a conflated idea about what your job is. And we do things um, that allow us to do our jobs. We do press and certain other things that allow us to be able to have a profile that means that we get to be in things that we want to be. But ultimately, our job is to show up on set, do a good job, leave, and hopefully make something lovely. Yeah. And I think it's just about always having your head in the work. Because it's yeah. really it's thing. So too. It, it, it's just so easy not to be a dick. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, yeah. Nobody, that's the thing. It takes so much effort to be a dick. I never understood it. It's exhausting. Yeah. You know, like Leah, Leah Michelle, I'll say it personally. I had so many friends that worked with her and have heard the worst things. And she's getting taken down right now, rightfully so. But it's just like, as a nice dude who prides himself on, on loving people and loving actors, it's just like, I've never understood why someone would just be you know, a nightmare. You know what I mean? Work. Do you not want to make your working environment as lovely as possible? I mean, I want to go in and be friends with everyone because I want to be able to chat and have fun and make working for myself and for everyone else is as great as possible. And I just don't, uh, yeah, it's a hard thing to understand why anybody would want to do the opposite. I think so too. And I actually, I think that that kind of attitude can be really insidious on a set because, Mm -hmm. you know, you can have, Uh, The majority of people, of course, are like, oh, my God, I'm so lucky to be here and I'm so happy that I'm working on this thing. But it it can just take one person to have a really terrible attitude to to really just kind of um, destroy the the, the vibe. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Beautiful. And, and, And now that you guys are in a place where you can be more selective with the roles that, you know, what... What's interesting you that's coming your way or things that you hear about? Like, what kind of projects? Like, I'm glad you did this one. It's a very relevant topic and it need to be told. But, like, what interests you guys as, as artists? Because that's what you are. Yeah, well, I think there's... I, I usually have a pretty instant reaction to reading something, whether or not I want to do it and, and uh, whether or not I want to play that character. Um, the thing that I'm hopefully doing in August is a massive departure from anything I've ever done. And that's something yeah. that really excites me, uh, you know, being able to take on a challenge and I mightn't always succeed at that challenge, but uh, just trying new things is something that's uh, really exciting, but always stories that I care about and characters I feel passionately about. And also, Is, it, pe- yeah. is it Peaky Blinders? Because <laughs> you both would be perfect on that. <laughs> Ryan, I think you might have destroyed any chance I have. Of being no, I'm going to email Stephen Knight tonight. I'm going to be like, Lola and Fionn, they need to be in the next okay. season. <laughs> oh, man. Killian Murphy is just... And, oh, dude, amazing. you guys are both the next. You know, I mean, you guys... You did such a wonderful job, and I'm so grateful that you guys took the time. And I have so much respect and admiration for what you're doing, and I can't wait for the next thing, whatever it may be. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, thank, thank you, you so, so much, much. For, for taking the time to chat. It's been so lovely. Yeah. Yeah. I would. Yeah. Come back on next project. Oh, I'd love to. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. I got so much love for you guys. And uh, final question. You know. I just always ask this as a, a final wrapping question. What's inspiring you guys right now? You can go first. You go first. No, you're going first. Okay. <laughs> um, right. um, I think what's inspiring me right now is is sort of seeing um, everything sort of at a standstill. Um, my parents are both frontline workers. And they're so... Me- medic- on the medical side or... Okay, yeah. Cool. Um, they're both nurses. And they're both doing something so incredibly brave every day. Um, And I think that it it just has made me really feel like um, our job is so important and and the arts are are so brilliant. And and what's happening to it right now is absolutely so scary. But if there's one thing that I've been able to sit back and reflect on, um, somebody asked me the other day, you know, um, with theatre, are you really afraid about what its future may be? And I said, no, because if there's one thing that I know about, you know, especially my friends who are in theatre and, and artists, is that they're incredibly strong and adaptable and malleable, and they'll overcome that circumstance. Maybe theatre will, will change in sort of the form that we know it, 
Yeah. There will always and definitely be theatre. And I think it's just being able to sit and have this time and reflect and also realise that, you know, you can spend a bit of time in a pause and not doing anything and it's not the end of the world and seeing the bravery of my mum and dad right now go out and, and yeah. do what they're doing. Um, what, what are their first names? Uh, Danny and Tracy. Love Danny and Tracy. Thank you, Danny and Tracy. Yeah. Do- doctor, is it Dr. Danny? No, they're not. Oh, okay. But Same thing. <laughs> and how about you, brother? I think I think that uh, my sister is is a frontline worker as well. So uh, everything that what's her name? Uh, Alana. Alana, thank you. Um, <laughs> cool. yeah, thank you. Thank you Alana. She actually Alana. she actually definitely will watch this. So thank you, Alana. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so I think that uh, yeah, Alana is someone who absolutely inspires me and in how hard she's working and um, yeah that. All of my praise is going to her at the moment. And since you just brought it up, I have to ask, any, any chance you guys would ever do theatre, whether in the US or, or there in the West End or in Ireland? I, I'd love to. I haven't... Just the opportunity hasn't happened, but I'd absolutely love to. It's something I'd love to do. You know, I a lot of my friends are really um, incredible theatre actors like Lola. Um, so that is definitely something that I'd, I'd really, yeah, I'd really love to. Uh, well, how about the three of us and Andrew Scott? We write a play and we'll do it. Well, dude, you guys made my day. You know, it's been a it's been a really tough week here in New York and it's been a hard time to stay inspired. And yeah. I, I, I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You guys were incredible. And I think the world really needs this film right now because it's a story of struggle but of, of becoming yourself and surmounting it. And yeah. I think, you know, that's, that's what we're all trying to do, whether it's through COVID or, you know, through Black Lives Matter and everything. And so thank you for being an inspiration. Yeah. Oh, thank oh, you thank so you. much. And I'm so yeah. glad you film. I mean, yeah. it's only a today, so you're one of the first voices that we've heard and yeah. been able to speak to you about it. So that's oh, great. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is going to go live next week, and I, I got so much love. And I hope you guys have a great rest of your e- evening there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> All right. Well, get get, get yeah, a bottle of wine and send me a Venmo request and I'll pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, guys. Thanks so much for coming on. I got so much love and, and let's do it again soon. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, right. so Thank you so much. Right. So much love. If you like the show, rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening.